With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name's Sean Collier. We're back in the lounge at AMC Waterfront 22. But Aaron's not here. Instead, our new Epicast producers, Nick and Buzzy, are joining us. How's it going? Hey, guys. Hello. And I stole their wallets. <laughs> now I stole their watches. Now their watches are back, but their phones are gone. Not now I stole it. the microphones. I'm I'm I I literally walked downstairs holding my wallet because I was afraid because we saw focus and that's what we're going to talk about this week on you can't handle the truth recorded outside the theater right after the screening it's you can't handle the truth honest reviews of the newest movies part of the Epicast network hear more great podcasts at epicast.tv It is You Can't Handle the Truth for Friday, February 27th, 2015. My name is Sean Collier. These guys are Epicast. They will eventually abandon their names and become one person under the Epicast.tv. No. (laughs) Talk about yourselves. Tell us the Epicast launch story. Not for us, like for you. I'll, I guess uh, I, yeah. I was doing podcasts for a while, big fan listening, and um, I went to a random comedy night, one night drunk on a Monday night after mm-hmm. eating tacos. That's um, the way to do it. Came there and saw stand up, local stand up, and met up with Nick and talked to him about doing podcasts. Uh, turns out he had ties uh, to Lava Lounge, let me do a podcast after the open mic there with just the young comics. Um, and that grew into us producing one or two shows, meeting more comics, and deciding we wanted to start a, like a what podcast incubator. And um, that has led into, what are we up to now, like 10 shows and um, full social media management for different people and everything from producing to making videos to make photography, um, hosting live uh, comedy shows, live podcasts, um, bringing in rappers, everything. We're trying to get our hands into as much as possible, but still... Uh, maintain quality product with everything we touch just like will smith just like will smith. exactly except for anything involving his kid which is not the quality goes down <laughs> i asked nick on the way i was like his kid's not in this is it no <laughs> both of his children were somewhere else this was a grown-up movie but so i know you know i know why i started doing a podcast because aaron made me but beyond <laughs> that because I love podcasts and, you know, I just love the format and was, you know, listening, you know, I'm listening to podcasts all day and I just like talking, you know, so, but what, what, uh, you know, why, why are you, why are you guys making podcasts and not starting a record label or, you know, any number of other artistic endeavors? Well, one, we're the opposite. We don't like talking. (laughs) <laughs> okay, glad, we, uh, glad to have you on the show. We we enjoy being behind the scenes. This is uh, this is us being adventurous. This is the second podcast that we've done as actual guests. 
Um, so hopefully we'll in, get more in comfortable. 36 in. hours, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. Shout well, out to Does This Hold Up? I guess. Yeah. Uh, Sean on, what, last week? Two weeks ago? Mm, several months ago, okay. but I'm going to be back on soon. Oh, okay. That keeps yes. getting moved around. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I guess this would be our third episode. We sat in for two with them. Yeah, um, true. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i more interested in the behind-the-scenes part of it, uh, editing, photography, um, the engineering aspect, the technical aspect. Uh, and we're, we're fans. Like, yeah. Nick will come out of his car and come into the studio where we work out of. Shout-out to the hardware store. Mm-hmm. And um, and he'll be listening to a podcast through his phone. And I'll be in, you know, have headphones on, editing photos, listening to a podcast myself. And it's just, you know, we're fans of, you know, he, he likes a diff- whole different style than I like. And uh, I've done audio for years, and we have Nick's good with the creative part, the creative uh, show writing, and I guess I'm good with the editing audio part. And uh, it's a labor labor of love, I would say. A, an extreme labor of love. Yeah, it's a lot of labor. <laughs> Hopefully not forever. So if you'd like to sponsor the Epicast Network. Yes. yes please. Where, where, where do they contact you? Epicast.tv, epicastnetwork.com, or um, Epi- at Epicast TV everywhere else. Epicast Network at gmail.com as well. Yeah. And, and as you've discussed, we, we've reached a critical mass where, uh, you know, literally everyone breathing and walking around has started a podcast. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you kind of have to think network and, and, and not, not everybody is doing that yet. You know, you, you keep making the point that there's not really anyone working hard on establishing a podcast network really outside of the coasts and and barely outside la yeah most it's it's funny as a network ourselves we get more plays in la than we do in in pa so really yeah it's uh it hasn't hit masses here like it has in the la world but Mm -hmm. um yeah we like to think we're the only there's people doing it um some of them are definitely funded by million dollar companies and have the full out you know studio and resources to do whatever they want but uh I think we're some of the only people giving, you know, we want to give comedians and this talent in the area a chance to, to see the light, you know, to see light yeah. of, of downloads and set them up the right way with, you know, social media. And, you know, we we're picky about who we want on the brand and who mm-hmm. we work with. And, um, I think we do it. It shows in our work. I think like all, all of our shows hit a certain niche and, uh, get a certain job done. Yeah. Well, we're, we're still pumped and, and, you know, growing rapidly now that, can can talking about does this hold up? That was on Twitter. So yes, yes yeah. Does, does this hold up? up? Yeah, also sure. part of the. I, I was like, yeah, this is this will be an edit point if I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, our friends at Does This Hold Up are joining the network now. Um, we've talked about Geo's podcast a bunch. Lust and Loathing. Talked about Drinking Partners a bunch. We have one with a professor that debunks historical myths. Oh, yeah. that's I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's uh, that's one we're building up to launch. Uh, we have a couple episodes in the bag, and we're gonna launch them all at once and kind of see how that does. I love podcasts where you find out you were wrong, <laughs> like I really do. I used to uh, I used to be all about this podcast called Skeptoid. Have you ever heard of Skeptoid? No. Um, I listened to it before I listened to podcasts regularly because it was just it was it was just de- debunking pop bullshit you know for lack of a better term you know one week could be you know you know Loch Ness monster type stuff but then like juice cleanses and you know any anything like that and I listened to it uh uh religiously until the guy who made it 
his name's Brian Dunning, went to jail for some kind of internet fraud. He was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. He was on and Joe, Joe Rogan's Rogan podcast. Joe Rogan made fun of him. And, and Joe Rogan... Tore him apart. He, yeah, he did not do well against <laughs> Joe Rogan. Because, uh, okay, this is more detail than anybody cares about, but Brian Dunning included Joe Rogan on a list of ce- celebrities spreading bullshit, basically, because Joe Rogan is really eager to go into conspiracy theories and, and oh, yeah. stuff that's not that he can't back up and just says hey i'm just bringing up the question you know so then rogan has brian dunning on to debate but brian dunning doesn't do well without a script so rogan kills him <laughs> and then brian dunning goes back on his own show and was like oh joe rogan was full of shit yes, and it's still, like look still. this is you're just going to get caught in a loop here <laughs> yeah, where yeah. you keep getting invited back to a live environment and can't and they broadcasted up. to millions of people how he was uh, being sued by the FBI with the uh, yeah. scam, so the and reason it blow he he helped he helped himself get blown up by the internet by going on Rogan's podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At a certain point, you got to learn to bite your tongue. Well, yeah, and and I I, I mean I I looked into it. I guess it's a gray area. He was involved in some thing that kind of uh, insidiously placed like amazon and ebay tracking things on your computer it didn't screw up your computer in any way but basically you know he got a bump anytime anyone who had ever been to his site bought something on ebay forever or, or something like that and i don't really care about that but then when it's like here i am to expose people who are trying to screw you please ignore the fact that i'm also oh, trying yeah. to screw oh, yeah. you it's like uh, it's like <laughs> every senator that goes after gay marriage and then they find out they're blowing dudes exactly <laughs> it's exactly like that it's like oh, all right you're discredited no one trusts you no more for liability reasons no one said that the skeptoid guy was blowing dudes there was a <laughs> comparison made there um and i haven't listened to jake uh, or- orvis's podcast yet yeah. I, I, I'm, but I'm pumped because I just started listening to Shooter Jennings, and saw that Jake had Reverend Horton Heat on before yeah, that. Yeah, he pulls in. He's uh, he's very well known in the community scene, and he's an excellent interviewer. Uh, yeah, he gets. He has. We give him a little H one like stand in the middle of the table mic, like the the worst field recording mic we can give him, and he sits backstage. Sometimes there's a band playing in the background, and. That mic picks everything up. The production's loose and it's raw, and that's how that show's engineered and produced. And there's a lot of cool stuff that you can hear him, you know, down a bottle of alcohol and get get deep with some of his musicians. Like Shooter is a good friend of his, and him mm-hmm. and Gio went up and hung out with him, and you know they told stories at the, on the hotel room bed. So yeah. it's, a, it's a raw, intimate, one on one kind of deal. If you go to Epicast.tv, you can you'll find you can't handle the truth and everything else. And if you you can subscribe to Epicast generally in your podcatcher app mm-hmm. and get everything. So, you know, do that. Search Epicast TV, all one word. Subscribe, view, please. At some point, we should probably talk about the film. So, uh, let me let me start here. I, I have no idea, you know, where you guys are coming from as movie viewers. Like how often are you going to the theater and, and how, you know... I probably what, go to the theater less than 99% of people, I think. I, I yeah. might see a movie or two a year. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I'm lucky to catch, like, maybe 15 a year. Okay. 
It's a big bump. Uh, usually, up. it's around holidays. Okay, and and at home or yeah, I watch a little bit. I'm uh, usually busy editing podcasts, though. right? So right. I, you know, it's yeah. I mean, like recently since we started the network, my movie viewing has gone down and my work ethic has gone up. <laughs> but I mean, I do try to catch the movies that I want to see at home. Yeah. I mean, now with the the way that we get our media, it being so easy to catch things before they even hit the theaters by you know downloading it at home yeah. not illegally i mean like i can pay for it right, through amazon right. and, and watch yeah. it for five bucks and i mean if i want to see a movie i just do that right come from my own home anything recently hit you? last night yeah last night we watched gone girl yeah i good I really really enjoyed that film yep. um i wasn't a fan that it was two and a half hours long yeah but, especially starting at what 130 145 yeah, yeah probably should have looked at that first <laughs> yeah you guys don't sleep one night hours yeah, i thought sure. i was tired no, you probably slept during the day. Oh, yeah, somewhere. Till what, okay. at least noon. Yeah, good, noon or good. one. Um, so, uh, coming into something like Focus, completely cold. This is not a movie that many people are going to catch casually. I think, other than people who just kind of have a, we go to the movies on Friday night and we pick the thing with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean. What do you have a snap judgment, quick reaction to it before we get into what this is all about? I love heist films, and okay. if I go into it and somebody sold me like it's a really good heist film, um, don't sell me on graphics, don't sell me on like an incredible story, just that it's a good heist film. Yeah, you know, and so like that's what I took away from it. Like I just enjoyed that aspect. So that's the only way that you'd probably get me in the seat to see this film yeah. in theaters. I uh, I wouldn't go see this film. Okay. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be uh, one of the two that I, right, I needed right. to see that year. Um, but well, I, and for reference, what are the you know? I mean, what will you go see this year? Whew. Star Wars. I'll probably see Star Wars. Sure. Yeah. Um, Who won't? But I slept through like the latest Hobbit, and I, I've I've slept through a lot um, a lot of good releases that I should have seen. Um, I'm a fan of comedies too. I'll yeah. go see I'll go see a ridiculous comedy with my friends. That's I don't know I don't know what would pull me in. It's random too. Well, I, I, I'm the opposite in that I, I kind of I don't want to say I hate heist films, but I, I sometimes find them hard to get into, for for one of two reasons. Sometimes I sometimes I feel like I'm I'm not rooting for anybody, you know, if they don't make the characters compelling and and likable and anti-heroes then it's like you know the following the bad guys can wear thin that wasn't the case here um you know i was uh you know this is basically just about will smith's character and margot robbie's character i was on their side but what did happen here is i i spent the whole thing just waiting to find out who was secretly working who what was the angles yeah yeah and i I, you know i knew there was one if not several twists coming Mm -hmm. partially because i don't know if you watched any did you watch any previews no i didn't watch one you're you're better off because there were there were scenes in significant lines from the climactic scene were in previews which is uh, we're not going to spoil here, but did, did you, the previews give off like a heist feel, or was it just yes. some sort of drama? No, they they made it clear that this was this was a a Ocean con movie. movie. Yeah, gotcha. uh, and I'm not going to give away what this climactic scene is. Although, I, again, if you've seen the preview, you can probably guess. But you know, things that should have been last minute twists. 
I knew they were coming from having from seen the, the preview two yeah. or three times. Yeah. I, and I, I might have for the foreshadowing as well. I mean, you kind of got the feeling like, okay, one of these people is working the other, if yeah, not both. For sure, yeah. Right, right. So that's, that's my only problem with heist films and a lot of these things like that is that there's always that cop-out and you know it's coming at some point in time. It's yeah. always like, oh, here's the easy explanation. Um, and you never saw it coming because why would you? Yeah, you know it's it's so easy just to like pin it on someone that you never saw it coming from. Yeah, and it it's uh, it makes it hard to get invested in the like internal drama. You're just waiting for the gotcha, right? The, I mean, the mini story here is about uh, you know are there are they is this a love situation? Is one of them working the other? Are they actually? going to end up in a relationship and I didn't care because I was just like okay just reveal what you're going to reveal mm-hmm, yeah. and then let's move on I will say that they were really good at painting false scenarios in my head through the whole thing because I, I switched my guess multiple times on what was going on no that's true I, I thought you know I I thought it was I thought it was going to be really predictable and then it ended up only kind of predictable yes. so yes. so good for them the most impressive thing uh, I, I haven't we haven't set this up much there's not much to set up. Will Smith is, you know, like a master con artist. Margot Robbie is a amateur con artist, and he takes her under his wing mm-hmm. for for you know two long series of of cons, and uh, that's about it as far as the plot is concerned. the The most impressive thing to me actually was. Margot Robbie's performance. Yeah. Because, uh, not to cut you off, but she, you know, Will Smith, he he might even have a glowing picture over my head here. Um, Will Smith is, is at this point, like almost not all that useful because he's larger than life, you know? Yeah. He, he can't do a little thing anymore. He's, you know, a big center of gravity in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, Margot Robbie is, I don't know, 23, 24 with one movie that anybody has seen. And I was instantly more invested in her than, than I was it. in him. She yeah. did a, she did, this is the best thing I've seen her in. Uh, she did a yeah. really good job at um, playing the same character but growing as, yeah. as the person that she was playing. I mean, she, you know, going from a novice to a professional type of setting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people can't pull that off because they're that character. The character that they're supposed to be at the end, there's still that character in the beginning. And to see that grow was was, was what made you fall in love with that character. Aaron uh, went on and on about her in Wolf of Wall Street. And in Wolf of Wall Street, she was very funny, but she was kind of playing a character. This, she you know, had to kind of take the reins of the movie, again, with Will Smith there. And she had total confidence in doing that and completely nailed it to the point where now I think she absolutely could carry a movie oh, yeah. and, and, and you know, is a, a, a future best actress type. She, uh, she really nailed it. And, and Will Smith was fine. I, I know that everybody hated him in the thing with his kid. Oh, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't overdone. He wasn't, he wasn't too, too Will Smithy in it. I would, uh, yeah. No, no, not was, at all. Uh, Solid. Uh, Although, like, I do feel like he was revisiting. Uh, what was that 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 date movie that he did where he was like the date doctor? Hitch. Whatever. Yeah, Hitch. I do feel like he was just playing the heist version of Hitch. But that is, he's 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 laying down. That's okay. This <laughs> are there like con men in the world? Yeah, I don't know if it's just 
me, but when I see movies like this, it just kind of makes you feel uneasy for a couple hours after you leave. Where like, I know that you said that you checked for your wallet, and I made sure to turn around and grab my jacket. And then you like after like a little while of watching the movie, you're like, oh yeah, these these people aren't real. <laughs> I uh, yeah, it's now I know that there are pickpockets in the world. Like I've seen that. That's a real thing. But, but to like, that extent, yeah, like like. Fully orchestrated, you know, forty or fifty people week or weekend Come long. Come to my warehouse in the middle of, of a yeah. city. <laughs> like I've I've been to New Orleans around you know major events. No one is like coming up with a scenario. Like a dude is just waiting for a drunk girl to hold her clutch too far from her body. And yeah. then he's going to grab it and run. Right, right. It's it's not like eighteen people in a coordinated ballet of taking mm-hmm. watches. Yeah, and we're usually talking about a, a desperate drug addict or alcoholic or you know gambler or someone like that that is going to be stealing from you, <laughs> or even just like a kid. You know, not not like eight people in great suits. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's you have to like give up your critical well not entirely you have to give up your your you know testing it for believability at a certain point here like there there can't be anywhere like are there still you know grifters are there still people who talk like this i i i am um a fan of some of the psychological stuff that they they yeah. touched on and i know that some of that stuff is real i mean like some no, of the things real. that they they touched on you know was like the the subliminal advertisement that's done to us every single day right i mean we see that and, and i mean just driving down the road people trick us into buying mcdonald's right um and i do like that they they included that and it was actually yeah, kind we've of a, had like lee Trebosic, shout out lee mm-hmm. uh and he's t- talked on to us about pers- you know where your perception is and, fo- and your, where you draw attention and how to, you know, he yeah. does a couple uh, magic tricks that are innocent. They're not, he's not trying to steal anything off you, but uh, he definitely misleads where your, you know, where your focus and attention is. Yeah, that's cool. And, and it's, and to be fair, that was absolutely the most compelling yeah. parts of the movie mm-hmm. when they were that doing that. It's believable. Stuff. And you're right. like, all right, they're taking advantage of something that's real. The rest of it's movie magic. Yeah. Right. Will Smith. And this is the other thing I was trying to think. I was trying to think the last time I liked him as much as I liked this. So he did Winner's Tale last year. Absolutely no human being saw that. Um, everyone hated After Earth. Oh, man. I just uh, hated his kid. It, I didn't it see it. It made me physically angry at his kid. No offense, Will Smith, if you for some reason listen to this. Shout out to Will Smith. Yeah, shout out Will Smith. I just wanted to punch your kid. Um, Men in Black 3 I didn't like. Seven pounds was okay, but messy. And even that's back to two thousand and eight. Wow, Hancock I didn't like. I Am Legend was you know pretty good. The Pursuit of Happiness was okay, but even at this, we're back to like two thousand seven, two thousand six. Yeah, and I'm you know to find something that I was really you know impressed by. You're going back to like Ali, which is fourteen years old. So he. He become he became much more of a celebrity and a presence than a than an actor that you really like. Yeah. But here I was I was on board, mm-hmm. and I'm not crazy about this movie, but he was absolutely fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I've always liked Will Smith as an actor. He's I mean, like put in a bad movie, even when the movie's terrible. It's I mean, Will, I still like Will Smith's yeah. character. He sells it so well, even even if you hate what he's doing. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah, like you said, I mean, like with a good supporting cast, um, a couple of no names that I've never seen before in any other films that still sold it really well. It's watchable, you know. Like, Definitely, you, you can if you ever find yourself in the theater accidentally watching a movie and this came on, you'd sit through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. If this was on TV, like Ocean's Eleven, draw me and I'd watch it. I'd, I'd watch it again for sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. This will this will hook people when it's on cable. Just we just give up the the wrap up like way too early. No, we'll get back to it later. <laughs> well, I want to say there's the 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 other the, the the other reason I'm not crazy about it is the. There's a scene smack in the middle that is five times more interesting than everything that follows it. They end up at uh, the Super Bowl. Just Will Smith and Margot Robbie are at the Super Bowl. She doesn't know anything's going on. He's actually... uh, Is this a spoiler? That's enough of a spoiler. I'm not going to say it. Okay. They end up at the Super Bowl and kind of a, a, um, a long series of bets happens yeah there's a con involved like don't like you're not stupid you know what's going on here so he's conning somebody in a super bowl suite um they were they did pay for the rights to say the phrase super bowl they did not pay for the rights to use real teams i think it was the rhinos and the The thrashers (laughs) in super bowl 17 so this is a weird alternate reality (laughs) miami miami rhinos and chicago thrashers those were the teams in this (laughs) super bowl 17 so he's he's working a long con on a guy margot robbie doesn't know about it um this is like a thrilling like almost you know like nerve-wracking tension scene oh yeah oh yeah yeah and it built perfectly and paid off and was visually interesting and sonically interesting and just killer and then everything after that was like okay yeah Mm -hmm. it's like they they gave you the heroin up front and the weed afterwards exactly (laughs) i have i can't relate to that specific metaphor but I, i i can imagine sort of what you're talking about but yeah it's 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 really good, and it's it's good enough to recommend the movie. In fact, the first half is good enough to recommend the movie, yeah. and the second half isn't bad. But it's it's a big letdown in kind of a slow second half that you're going to care yeah. about less. Yeah, I feel I like I, that way. I, I, I feel like I spent the whole second half like trying to to guess the ending. Yeah, I think that's what it led me to. It was just like, all right, well, where are they going to go now? And we're not going to talk about the ending, but but when it got there, it was kind of like. Okay, yeah, you know, there, there's you with this. You really expect like a giant twist, and this was kind of just they concluded the story. Yeah, yeah, there was a little little punch here and there, but yeah, there wasn't the uh, climax that everyone was waiting for. I think, but watchable, for like sure. totally, totally a movie. Yeah, you stay curious through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If I wasn't exhausted, I wouldn't have been nodding off at all. As such, <laughs> just a little bit. And I swear that I faded the most right before a gun went off and 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 jumped like I was, you know, 13 going to see I know what you did last summer. Real <laughs> yeah. memories. Yeah, I I'd have to say that this is probably the first time that I appreciated the the jump scare. Yeah. You there know, is there is there is one and it's out of nowhere. It's yeah. usually cheap. It's usually much cheaper than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, we'll get back and we'll rate it. You you know what we're gonna say, but we'll rate it later. 
we I, I don't know how many old old episodes you you've listened to i'm not going to be angry if you haven't <laughs> no we've got a few uh uh we messed around like there was originally this intention to like have every guest have their own rating system and all these clever ways to evaluate a movie and then we were just like <laughs> how that's how of butter did you give it, us popcorn yeah. <laughs> then it was just like that's exhausting everybody does <laughs> 1 to 10 it was and, and you know what the the one that was brilliant if i do say so myself cuz i came up with it was um how much would you pay for a DVD of this movie in a Kmart bargain bin? Which I, I love as <laughs> a question. Awesome. Yeah. But every time I would ask it, I would we would just end up having a five-minute conversation about whether or not that person collected DVDs. So it was like a complete, like, to the person who never buys one, they're like, I don't ten cents uh, to the person who loves DVDs. They're like, I pay twenty three dollars for this mm-hmm. movie. The exact same yeah. thing. So I can I can appreciate the um, that scenario so much because I found myself at Walmart or Kmart looking through the bin, going, Do I really want to pay this much for that movie just to have that copy of it? And I have battled with myself a few times and put movies back. <laughs> I I mean I have I feel like all of my like physical media at this point is just sitting there and being carried when i move from one house to the next like i'm not willing to i'm not i'm not even willing to like sell off cds which are arguably at this point the most useless oh yeah it's not albums that you're going to collect and listen to on a record player and it doesn't you know it's less convenient than spotify or whatever else but i'm not gonna give up like even cds i don't care about that much do you think that's a fear that we have because we're old of losing like a physical, tangible item that we paid for and own. Yes, definitely. Because at the same time, like you know, when Stephanie is like, "Oh, I love that movie. I want to get it on DVD." I'm like, "No, there's no point in that. Yeah. You, you don't need to spend twenty dollars for something you're going to watch two times. It'll be streaming on something." But at the same time, I'm like, "No, this <laughs> uh, lag wagon CD that I got for." my birthday when i was 16 and literally have never listened to all the way through i've carried to four houses and i'm gonna keep doing that yeah but then it it kind of helps you understand when you see a 14 year old go crazy over whether or not she misplaced her cell phone or her ipod or any of that stuff because they probably have such an attachment to digital like a like a digital digital ownership of something my only question is like and we've talked about this before is do 14-year-olds just absolutely not have the relationship with individual albums or movies or video games or whatever that, single, that we depend, did? I think it depends if they're a fan of music or not. But yeah, yeah it's yeah, usually the single after single forced down. You know, that's all people people want to listen to the radio. Well, they want to listen the, to the DJ at the club play the hits, and that's the it. the feed generation. They want everything to be fed to them on their YouTube feed, their Facebook feed, um, their Tumblr. If it shows up on that, then it's interesting to them, and they'll listen to it. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we we hunted for what we were into. We, we found yeah. a niche, and we loved it, and we hunted it. And but it, on we the other hand, pod, podcasts are up 23% some, from last year, I think. 23%. And, yeah. like, like, look what Serial's doing. There's more people... That have cereal than have bought a CD or bought a, a DVD on through Apple I, for through iTunes. Yeah, year. and, and, and that yeah. doesn't and that doesn't entirely surprise me. And that fourteen-year-old might know about more bands than I do, and probably is better at keeping up with music than I am. Certainly, but 
you know, I, I remember asking Stephanie's much younger sister, not that much younger. So Stephanie and I are 30. Her, her sister Molly is probably 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, uh, not, not a, certainly not a full generation, but a, a, a significantly younger than us. Well, uh, nowadays, you, the gaps are really small. Right. I mean, like four years ago, the technology was different. Exactly. You know, like we didn't, I mean, kids that grew up with the technology from now and four years ago, there's a huge gap between us. So like communication's harder. Uh, so if, if Molly is 22, hi, Molly, she doesn't listen. Um, <laughs> if she, if she's 22, then, you know, uh, the iPods came out when she was what, ten? You know, yeah. So that's a that's a big difference. So I, I remember asking her one day, like, okay, we're you know, Stephanie was born in nineteen eighty four. I was born in nineteen eighty five. Literally every person I knew had an Alanis Morissette CD. Jagged Little Pill? Yes. Yep. Every person I knew had a copy of Dookie by Green Day. Oh, yeah. Every person I knew had... Beastie uh, Boys. Uh, intergalactic. Yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, Necessities. And Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Melancholy. Oh, yeah. Like, er, like no, I'm, not, I'm not talking about all of my friends. I'm talking about every person I knew. Yeah. So what is that for for you? And at first she absolutely couldn't answer the question. And eventually came around to stuff that was out when I was asking that question. Not stuff from when she was 10. Like, the culture had already fragmented. She could name, you know, things that were in the Spotify feed of everybody she knew <laughs> that day. Yeah. But couldn't say, well, when I was 10, everyone had this one CD. Like, I think that's gone. Again, this that generation knows way more bands than I do, both from my era and today. But I don't think they have that... What's sticking... Right. Or, yeah. I don't think that they also have um, the, the album mentality. I'm surprised that albums still exist at this point. I'm surprised that it's not just a series of releases from musicians yeah. and stuff anymore. Because I guarantee that kids these days don't sit down from track one to track 12 anymore. Um, they probably skip not through as much. a couple. Because who has time? There's way too much music to listen to. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, and I'm, 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 I would not be surprised if in the next couple of years that it's just people just release songs as they make them and record them. I'm well, a huge, huge fan of, uh, like, you know, albums and listening straight through mm-hmm. but i find myself listening to spotify radio more and yeah. more more and more yeah. and you're starting there are artists now that are way better at singles oh yeah there always has been but <laughs> yeah well there always has been but it, but you know 20 years ago that would mean they would put out an album that would be 80 percent completely useless yep. now it's it's like i go back and forth but at times i really really like Nicki minaj yeah uh and what'll happen is she'll put out a single and i'll be like this is awesome this is really really good and then she'll put out an album and it'll be like no this is all wrong yeah. everything about yeah. this is boring yeah, and you terrible. surprised me in the wrong way yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah you might be right i mean there might be a time at uh, but that's but that being said to relate that to uh, the movie podcast. Do you yeah. think that um, I mean, yeah, we there are should seeing, be a point to this. We are seeing the shift um, with like the Netflix series um, and actors and directors and writers all agreeing that they have more fun writing a TV like an hour long episode TV series. Yeah. They feel like there's more to explore. They can develop their characters more. They only have to capture your attention for 48 to 52 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and after that, you tune back in a week later and get more of the story. Um 
and I mean, like, even when the people are creating that are, are having more of an interest and more fun doing that kind of stuff. And like we were talking about earlier, where you can now download movies before they even hit theaters. Right. Um, do you, do you feel that the art form is going to change for us, us old fellows that like to consume it the way that we always have? Well, <laughs> see, I, I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the same thing because on the one hand, yes, you are t- the individual product is segmented and short. It's a 50-minute thing or even a 30-minute thing instead of a 90, 100, 120-minute thing. But, it, you know, at the same time, even if there's different directors, to me, a, a season of House of Cards or Orange is the New Black or American Horror Story, whatever it might be, is, like, much closer to a... 12 hour long movie than it is a TV show. Yes. And, and, and you see, I know there are some people who watch one and then come back three days later and watch the next, but the, the tendency is much more towards binging. Right. So you have people who are sitting for five hours, you know, which is kind of the opposite of what we're talking about with music. Same, same with podcasts too. I mean, it's very true. Yeah. Cause I mean like, like listening in your car to something like talk radio and stuff was mm-hmm. like, if you were lucky, you got to catch a show that you wanted to on the way to work. Right. And now you'll, I, I sit down and do three, four hours of podcasts while I'm working on the computer. Yeah. And, and people like, there's a certain length at which I get annoyed with a podcast, but that's well over two hours, you yeah. know? And, and this being the growing format is a long form thing. You can put it on for four minutes when you're going from place to place, but it's that's not as enjoyable an experience. So, in short, I have no idea. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I do. I do feel like at this point in time, the like I think we're uh, we're over being conditioned and uh, being sold the old way of getting our media. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think that people care as much, so they like something new, like like having a new form of entertainment, like podcasts, where you get to intimately learn about people that you follow and pay attention to mm-hmm. same thing with the internet i think like now we're accustomed to being in people's lives and being nosy and getting that information yeah. and anybody that tries to hide behind a wall and not have a podcast or not be on the public or something like that we yeah. must distrust them and don't care and so entertainers now have to see this as a necessity something that they have to do in order to stay relevant yeah and and you know the culture has fragmented you know there's there's so much less that's universal the, you know that 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 question about the albums that everybody had there there may not be any like even moment to moment you know uh, the measure you know look look at tv ratings you know like tv ratings that were considered so so 20 years ago would be the best rated things on tv now because there's there's so much more choice there's a flattening mm-hmm. out yeah mm-hmm. yeah but Along with that, because nearly everyone has access to everything now, it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, in 1995, you know, you needed 20 million people to watch your TV show because there was only one way to make money off of it and there was almost no such thing as fan engagement and, you know, you needed that massive uh, massive uh, appeal to make money off of advertisers now you don't need nearly that much because you know that fans are going to be much more engaged and supportive yeah. even if there are barely any of them relative to what it was 20 years ago oh 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. and 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 also 20 years ago the restrictiveness on being creative 
Uh, you know, yeah. like, like like you had to listen to your advertisers, you had to listen to your producers and stuff like that. Now twenty years people, ago, you had to have a twenty thousand dollar. Twenty years ago, it'd be what equivalent to eighty thousand dollars today. A radio station with a mixing board and nice microphones and the best preamps in the business. Now we have the technology where. Anybody can do what we're doing. No, we couldn't just... afford the tape 20 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's all on a $15 memory well, card. I mean, I guess, record... I guess even – I guess you could even go back like maybe eight years ago where like if you wanted to do something creatively in the limelight like where people would pay attention to you, there was a lot of money involved and a lot of restrictions on your creativity. Um, and now anybody can do it. Right. Anybody can literally do it. I mean like how many times have, have you podcasted into your cell phone? Yeah. The only problem is about 100. Everybody is doing it too. So Yes. So that the the, the market is saturated, it's, you know, with the be the cream that rises to the top. Or well, not. and that's why, you know, critics in some form will never go away. Yeah. yeah. And you exactly. even you even see that in things like podcasting with more and more, especially web Awards. outlets are right you know approaching podcasts critically or or anything else whatever you're into someone's writing and thinking seriously about it because you do have too much choice someone has to yeah. say this is what you should be spending your time on for sure and it's better if that's not a robot the wild west will eventually be terraformed yeah <laughs> and i'm just hope to be the one to terraform it or at uh, least be in the process of it right be involved right. i mean like i think that's and not to go back to shamelessly plugging um, Epicast as a network, but I think that we're really – the reason why we're so enthusiastic is I think we're catching the wave before it even came close to cresting. Right. And, you know, like it puts us in a good position. And um, because it's so easy to create content, you mm-hmm. know, and like, like, like where we we're at. Access, yeah, With yeah. the city, like we had an unlimited resource of interesting people doing awesome things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and they're like, put it out there. Just try mm-hmm. really hard to push it out there and get people to pay attention. And we're it's working. People are paying attention. So, I mean, every time that we get a new subscriber or somebody follows us on Twitter or even, like, sends us a, a – I mean, we've had local young youth hit us up to try to be a guest on a podcast. You know what I mean? That's encouraging mm-hmm. us and telling us that we're doing something right. Right. So. What does this have to do with Will Smith? Uh, well, Absolutely. Will Smith's uh, the newest member of Epicast. Yeah, that would be big. <laughs> that would be very big. We'll try to make that happen. Um I was going to go into extra butter about the Oscars, but then we had a long conversation there, so I don't know if it's necessary. Except to say that, and I'm not ranting about who won and who didn't won, because we did that in advance. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But uh, you said that that you tried to watch the show and failed. Yeah, uh, I just lost my attention. And and, even in the background, you weren't necessarily on board. um, I don't know if it was... Uh, the people that were involved in doing the announcements, um, people that they hired to talk into microphones, the ones that are the, supposed to grab your attention, and the way that they talked, or if I just honestly wasn't that curious, just didn't care that much. Well, we, I, and I we also were watching, I think, like the backstage feed, so I don't know if that was different than ah, the main production. Well, probably. W- whatever they were. Whatever yeah. they were. A little less polished. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Whatever was online streaming is what we we do, because we don't support Comcast. Good, for, no. any, for anything but the internet providing. Good idea. No other option. Um, <laughs> unless they want to sponsor Epicast, in oh, which case... We love Comcast. Totally yes. on board. <laughs> Thanks, Comcast. Um, but, and I imagine that neither of you had seen very many nominated films. I certainly haven't. I may have without knowing, but probably not. Gone Girl. 
just last night. <laughs> and, that, and that was after the ceremony. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm aware. I was very aware. Um, obviously, like, we have two movie podcasts under the network now. Right. And I've overheard you guys have conversations. So I was aware of like some of the people that were hopes. Yeah, you were aware of the storylines, but not invest in them, having yeah. not seen the film. So that's so you know, answer Hollywood's big question because they want to know this. What would get you to pay attention if you don't care about the movies? There's this notion that when they finally nominate movies that everybody cares about, everybody will watch, and the ratings don't necessarily bear that out because you know even if you really love Frozen, you're not necessarily going to sit there for three and a half hours mm-hmm. to see if. Frozen wins categories over other movies you probably haven't seen, uh, or, or The Dark Knight, or Toy Story, or whatever the one juggernaut that happens to get some nominations may be. American Sniper this year. Mm. So, from your perspective, what would you, what would have made you continue to pay attention last night? I mean, reality, like me personally, as somebody that's not in the movie industry, um, I. I don't make films. I, um, I appreciate a good actor. I appreciate yeah. a well-told story. I yeah. like getting lost in the movie world, but it's not my industry. Yeah. So um, it's the same reason why somebody that's never played video games would not care about a video game award show. Right. You know, whether it's the most well-produced show ever made. Um, I think it's just always going to be for the people that care. The people that care are going to tune in. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I mean, like realistically, you want to make me watch it? throw some action in some magic some some flashy lights you know something yeah. that might be interesting to someone like me yeah <laughs> but at the same time that might lose the people who want it to be for sure yeah, yeah yeah don't i mean like there's no reason that they need to compromise the integrity of what the award ceremony was originally invented and created for yeah just to grab my attention i don't necessarily get i i, I don't get why the fluctuations in the ratings for something like the Oscars are important. Yeah. I, I get that they're trying to make a lot of money, but they're still going to make money doing it. And, you know, I get that it's about the, the, all, the movie awards generally are, one, about getting more people to see good movies, and two, about helping the people who made good movies Make more movies. Continue, yeah. yeah. Well, that second part's going to happen even if nobody watches. And the first part, you know, I don't think, you know, the the one million, two million people who were on the fence about watching the Oscars, I don't think that many of them are going to go see Birdman this week. You know, not not enough you know to to wring hands over it it's, so when these stories come out every year like oh bless people watch the oscars i don't think that matters as much as i think that the awards matter because of what i do and for you know any number of artistic reasons personally i didn't watch it and i heard birdman won and now i'm interested to see what birdman's all about so even having not watched it you still got the effect yes yeah. okay and i mean like it, it's a very good um talent highlighter Right, you know what I mean. Like, like if you know who won the Oscars, then you like you're, those are the names you're going to look for yeah. in movies and as actors or directors or anything like that. Yeah, but short of you know making it ridiculous, you're probably not going to tune it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like there there are certain niche award ceremonies that like I'm curious and I want to pay attention to and see what's going on. Um, but without knowing the trade i mean yeah i mean i'm learning the podcast network yeah. involves a yeah, lot of the sure. same things that goes into creating tv shows and movies and stuff right. like that not probably the same depth and the, of the mastery that 
these people that are winning Oscars for. Right. Um, but at the Not same quite. at the same time, it's just. I could be putting a podcast out. Or right. I could be expressing myself creatively. I don't have two hours to be shoved down, to have advertisements shoved down my throat. Right. ABC, don't worry about what the rating is. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. We've been, we've been talking for a while, haven't we? Estimate. I'm going to say probably 48 minutes. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't want to skip trailer trash because we don't always have trailers, and we did. Um, so let's just go around with quick thoughts. Will Smith and Kevin Hart in Get Hard. Oh, no, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Did I say Will Smith? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's just he is coming locked in my mind. Week, so. Will Ferrell <laughs> and Kevin Hart in Get Hard. I, I love Will Ferrell, and I will see anything mm-hmm. that he does. Even if he disappoints me, he will still laugh. He'll, he'll make me laugh. Him himself will make me laugh. The movie will, will probably be terrible. Um, Kevin Hart has actually been really surprising in a lot of the roles that he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always made me laugh. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's a, it's a Will Ferrell film. I mean, like, yeah. what do you expect? You're not going to get, you know, like, any, you're going to get Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell every single time. Yeah, I, I, I'll see it, but I'm not a big fan of Kevin Hart. Okay. I, I, I'm a fan of Will Ferrell and his movies, and sometimes you'll get one that's, you know, whatever. But sometimes you'll get one, like, semi-pro where it goes under the radar, and I think that's one of his better, better performances. Or one of the funnier ones because of how vulgar and... Uh, the ridiculousness of it. I think Talladega Nights is the best one, and I do not care about auto <laughs> racing at all. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, Stranger th- than fiction, though, I will like. I, yeah, I loved every second of that film. Yeah, he's Get Hard is in the normal mold. It is not <laughs> one of his where he's going to push forward. And the trailer, like annoyed me more and more it as it che- went yeah, on yeah i thought it was cheesy yeah. yeah like early on i was like yeah this is a premise sure but by the end of it i was fed up with it i'm sure it'll be fine you know i i don't even know if i would do a podcast on it, it it'll depend on what's coming out that week because that's <laughs> the reaction is just going to be yep that was pretty good yep yeah what, what do, how how long are you going to talk about it, it being a will ferrell film What's that? <laughs> How long are you going to be able to talk about it oh, being a Will yeah. Ferrell film? Yeah, <laughs> this this is a Will Ferrell film, much like many Will Ferrell films, <laughs> and we're done. Yeah, <laughs> um, we saw that, and we saw Liam Neeson in Not Taken Yet. Um, <laughs> run, run all night. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, it, it it reminded me of, uh, and I think I, I asked about this that running scared film, yeah. um, or the shoot 'em up series, like just high action, high energy. It, I mean, it's it would be fun to order pizza and wings and sit at home and drink beer with yeah. my guy friends. You know what I mean? Like it just it's it'll probably be a fun film. Yeah. Anything um, Oscar worthy? No, no. <laughs> I felt the same. I won't be one. I go I go check out at the theaters. It's. It's he's just doing so much of that because it, it and Taken Three just came out. I don't even think I saw it. That was just a couple months ago, right? Yeah. yeah. And well, when and, you find your niche, man, like yeah, <laughs> he's it. And, and there was one. I mean, that's like the fourth in that mold for him in no more than fourteen or sixteen months. Yeah. And this was really like Taken in that he's got a child in peril. Only you know. They're coming for him rather than having already taken him. It looked like it looked like all of those. Yeah, it, and, and and it didn't look bad. It looked like you'll enjoy it exactly as much. 
No, uh, even though they they did hit pretty hard with a acapella falsetto voice singing "Oh Danny Boy," yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Middle. While people drive around glaring, yeah, yeah, I, and I mean, like, if we're gonna start trashing, like, if we're if the segment's called trailer trashing, um, when are they gonna throw out the templates for these trailers? They just follow the same formula when they make these, and you're just like, all right, action film, all right, this is a comedy film. You, most of the time, you you spend your time. Like you did with the Will Smith film with Focus, you're just like, why see the movie? You just gave it to me. Yeah, you yeah. just gave it to me. And with the attention spans being where they are now, that's all I needed. We're on like year eight of um, Shot of the Sunrise, Kanye West or Nas song fades <laughs> with, in with a car sweeping helicopter shots of a city. Yeah, like yeah. that. Like every time, it's just it's just a signifier for a mood. It right, has exactly. nothing to do yeah. with the film anymore. Yeah, for sure. And then it's just, will they give away too much? And with Focus, they did. So if you're thinking of going and you haven't seen the trailer yet, don't be watching the trailer. That's advice you can use. I mean, it's almost at a point now where stop watching trailers for movies, period. You know, like, I mean, unless they can figure out a way to give it, like, you probably need it for a genre or for yeah. a rating so you don't take your child next and see a horror film. Yeah. But other than that, like, yeah, I mean, stop ruining the surprise for yourselves. If if you hear word of mouth, somebody say that it's a good film. I mean, like, I asked you, you know, about these these screeners and, you know, like, why it was so necessary that they come to every major city and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, organic buzz. Yeah, and, that's why they're doing it. Yeah, and I mean, like, all right, I would go and see a film if, if my friend that had a good taste in movies recommended something I'd to go me. see a film that you can't handle the truth told me i should go see exactly on <laughs> stop looking TV. at trailers just listen to podcasts yes. like this one or other fine podcasts on the epicast network i like that i think we just figured out a solution to the trailer issue yeah just listen to podcasts <laughs> um do you have anything to plug other than the epicast family of podcasts so this would be coming out Fr- this Friday, the twenty uh, seventh. So we just released an episode of Lust and Loathing with Shannon Norman and Caleb yeah. Cobra that came out yesterday, and then um, t- on Sunday we have a new episode of No, we don't. On Sunday we have nothing. Yeah, maybe it does this hold up? Maybe. I'm sure that there's something that you guys can check out. There's always a website, Epicast.tv, that has everything new that's coming out. Tonight uh, at 8 o'clock, I will be at Level 20. It's a bar in South Park. Uh, I should have more information on that, but I don't. But just Google Level 20 South Park. I will be doing a set of comedy there tonight. And in Brookline at the Ritz. There's a Ritz in Brookline, and I will be there tomorrow night, Saturday, February the 28th. Uh, Also with PJ Williams. I believe with PJ Williams, I'm not sure, but my dad, Gene Collier, also on that show tomorrow night, Brookline, the Ritz Banquet Hall. You're whispering about something. We have a live podcast coming up. Yes, with the drinking partners downtown at the Playwrights Theater. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big guests. That's uh, that's something that we definitely want to push. It's only, it's a little less than a month away, so. Yeah, March 18th, I mm-hmm. believe. Check our Twitter, just to be safe. Double check, yeah. yeah. And we're coming up on, I, I, I obviously should mention, we are coming up on uh, a full weekend of the Pittsburgh Improv, Thursday, March 12th through Sunday, March 15th. Aaron Kleiber oh, is yeah. your headliner. Come say hi to us. Yeah. We'll all be there. We'll be hanging out. It's it's uh, huge for Aaron. His first full weekend headlining at his home club. Uh, and it's big. matter of fact, it's my first weekend 
featuring the whole weekend at the Improv as well. I've been there as an MC many times, but my first time featuring there. Um, and uh, very funny Matt Light MCing. So that's going to be oh, yeah. big. And I believe if you go to AaronKleiber.com, there's probably a deal of some kind. Or you go to uh, Stop at the Studio. Anybody listening? Uh, we do plenty of podcasts. Yeah, pound on the door. <laughs> we do plenty of podcasts where you're, you guys are more than welcome to come hang out and watch. And we have a ton of uh, special Epicast treats for you to, you to get in with a couple friends for really cheap. So. Yeah. Uh, what kind of rating are you going to give Focus? Not on the DVD bin scale, just this 1 to 10. Can, we, can I give the DVD bin? Yeah, sure. So what the I, hell not? For 5 bucks, I'd buy, I'd buy it. Yeah. Um, I'd probably give it about a 7. Okay. I was going to go with 7 on the numerical value. Yeah. 7 bananas. 7. <laughs> 7 bananas. I, I might... Maybe uh, 6. 6.5. You, you you want to pretend that this is a scientific thing and everything's carefully calculated, but it's usually just, okay, what did I see last week? Did I like this more than less than that? Subtract or add accordingly. Um, so I, I might go down to about a six just because uh, really it peaked in the middle and if I hadn't seen the whole second half, I wouldn't have cared. So... I, I'm going to go a little lower than that, but six, that's still above average. That's still, sure, watch it if you want. Will Smith automatically gets a couple points. Yeah. I just like seeing Will Smith in films. It's <laughs> it's one one thing that's sad as a critic is how often the advice boils down to, if you feel like seeing this, go ahead. Like, that's... And, and and that seems like the laziest advice ever, but it's often very accurate. Like, if you thought you would like this, you probably will a little bit. Go ahead and go watch it. Yeah. yeah. We'll Especially you if know. you haven't seen a Will Smith film in a while. Go check it out. Yeah. And and Margot Robbie is uh, is definitely reason enough to see it. She's oh, yeah. really good, yeah. and she is uh, uh, a, a big career ahead of her, definitely. One of you has to do an, a voice or an impression or something to get out, because... Aaron's not See, here. This is why we engineer this stuff, Buzzy. <laughs> uh, got, got any? Because I don't. I just have to kick to somebody else. Fuck. That's my role. Uh, I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Listen to the next one again. <laughs> we'll make that a chipmunk voice for everybody. Yeah. That's, no. The yeah. That's the thing. Just say something and then engineer it later. Yo, everybody, listen to Epicast. Follow Epicast.tv. On the Epicast Network. On the Epicast. 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 And follow us at Epicast TV. Head to www.epicast.tv for more great podcasts on the Epicast Network. You can email feedback to handle the truth podcast at gmail.com. The theme music for the show is Total Breakdown by the band Brad Sucks. We'll be back next week for more honest reviews of the newest movies. Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.